It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On Giddy Up, the Hong Kong Corner. For the latest on Hong Kong racing, go to hkjc.com. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Great to be with you on this Wednesday morning, four minutes past ten. It was great to have Hong Kong racing back there on Sunday at Sha Tin, and we're back under lights at Happy Valley tonight. It felt like a, a long off-season there in Hong Kong, but terrific to have racing back there at that jurisdiction. And it's uh, with great pleasure here on Hong Kong Corner on Giddy Up to catch up with uh, the legendary trainer, the legend trainer there, David Hayes. He's a two-time champion trainer there in Hong Kong, eight-time Melbourne champion trainer. He won eight premierships in Adelaide as well. And um, he joins us now on the line. Good morning to you, David. Yeah, nice to be on the show. Um, how is Hong Kong, mate? Have you enjoyed the, or did you enjoy the off-season? I, I did. I, I really uh, enjoyed getting uh, back to the farm and watching the boys doing so well and, and, and the processes and how well they're working. So uh, it was really nice to be home. Does it give you um, itchy feet to, to get back to Australia now and, and, and work with the boys after seeing them do so well over the last couple of seasons especially? Uh, no, I think it's really good for them that I'm not around because I've yep. got clear air and they're getting all the acknowledgement they deserve because it's them doing it, not me. And I think if I was around the place, uh, certainly in their early parts of their career, it, they, they don't... Well, for instance, when Ben won the Doncaster with JD, it, it, I think he'd won 17 Group 1s with me. Mm. <laughs> but uh, they treated it like it was his first. So that probably puts it into content. So it's much nicer that they're doing it without me, I think. So uh, I'll probably uh, uh, retire from Hong Kong and then retire from training. Okay. And it's how long do you reckon you've got then, um, David? How long do you want to continue uh, to train on for? The, the retirement age is 65. I'm 60. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll um, chip around up here for a few more years, uh, no doubt. And... Um, uh, I look forward to retiring and being in the background, helping the boys when they go on holidays and different things like that. Mm. Uh, be the chairman as such. Yeah. And remember the, um, it's a few years back now. So when you took over from Colin um, and then the boys took over from you, there's obviously a little bit, it was a, there was a, some difference there. And especially cause you had to go to Hong Kong and, um, I think you've mentioned this a few times. You, you did throw the lads in into the, the deep end a little bit. They had to swim um, because they had to <laughs> they had to get the job done quickly. And they lost a, they lost horses. They lost some owners. Tom left, of course. Um, it's and we've mentioned this a few times. It's been astonishing, really, the job that they've done. I think they've exceeded everybody's expectations in a way. Have they exceeded yours, David? Um, look, uh, the way they turned the business around. If you call the Lindsay Park the hotel, when I left, it was at 110% occupancy. Mm. And when and within six months, they were at 40%. And there was that perfect storm, as you mentioned. There was Shake Hamdan, our biggest owner, died well, I, after I left. Um, and he doesn't race in Australia anymore. 
uh, Tom unexpectedly decided to go out on his own. Uh, we lost a lot of staff went with staff and horses went with Tom, and the boys were really out on a limb, and I was stuck in Hong Kong in a COVID crisis and couldn't get back to help. So they, they did an incredible job. Um, and, and you know, I, I think they're going to keep going. They're, they're proce- as I said, their processes are fantastic. They work hard. And they've got a real handle on their business. So their staff are terrific. Yeah. New staff, new owners. Uh, they've done really well. So giddy up our show here. We've got a syndicate together. and We've got a horse with the boys. So, um, we're leasing a horse um, after the, the Easter sales and the updates they give. And it's just a lot of fun. We've got a younger demographic and like JD and Benny will get on and give us an update. And um, they're exactly for, um, they're exactly what racing needs for mine. They're a breath of fresh air and they, they get what the younger generation want as well. Um, have they taught, when you went back to the farm, did they teach you anything, David? Do you think, well, I didn't think I would, I didn't <laughs> think that they would do that. And it seems to be working. Uh, no, but they've embraced the processes and probably made a few subtle changes that are obviously working. So um, I just got such pleasure watching track work and seeing, you know, how, how much knowledge they've got about their horses and how they're placing them and uh, they're letting them go through their grades and they're, and they're peaking at the right time. So uh, there's no complaints from Hong Kong. And you went to Hong Kong in the early part of your career. Out of the three boys, has any of them put their hand up or say, Dad, when you uh, retire, I might take your place, but then they all might want to go. That would be an interesting debate around the dinner table. Prue might have to step in. <laughs> yeah, JD and Will both speak Mandarin, which is a huge help. Yeah. So they're, they're probably the favourites. And JD, because of Will's football, is uh, much more connected to the Hong Kong side of our business. And uh, he's probably the favourite at the moment. Mm. But um, he definitely um, wants to come up here at some stage. But there's no rush for me to leave and no rush for him to leave. So um, it, it'll be status quo for at least four or five years. All right, mate. Mr Brightside, um, obviously you had a horse when you first started off with uh, better loosen up but he just this horse amazes me and I don't know what you thought of him when you saw him at the farm in the uh, in the off season but he seems to be getting better at each preparation he just keeps on improving I, I think it's a bit of a credit to the boys because you know they, they stop him at the right time uh, they've showed great maturity not going you know, he went right from maiden through to a Group one champions mile and probably should have won it mm. um, in his first prep, and then his second prep um, he built again to win a Doncaster, and then his third prep he won a Doncaster and All Star mile. So he's definitely improving, and he reminds me a lot of the old horse Better Loosen Up. He races mm. the same colours. He's a bit of a nondescript sort of good-looking, pl- bit on the plain side, but just gets the job done and. There's a bit of a stack going around that whenever he's hit the front in a race, he's never been passed. So um, it's an interesting one. So that shows he's a he's a real beast of a horse now. And I love the way that they've. It's going to be a long preparation. Looks like for him anyway. You got the Champions Mile um, towards the back end of the spring, and then who would you be backing, David? Two hundred meters from home, international um, weekend over a mile. Golden 60 and Mr. Brightside. 
they look each other in the eye? I look, I think um, it's just so hard to compare from different countries, but I can tell you the horse up here is very, very special, uh, an incredible horse. But there's a lot of horses that aren't incredible getting close to him at the moment. Yeah. And and uh, I think Brightside's above the horses that he's competing against, and he'll give him a. I think he'll give him a real race. I'm not saying he'll beat him, but he'll race him well. But if he wins the Cox Plate, he might be running against Dramatic Warrior, um, who's coming down to your Cox Plate. So they'll clash in the Cox Plate, and that'll probably make the decision whether they freshen up for the mile up here or go on to the 2000. And in um, Better Lucian Up's um, big year, um, he went through, won the Maccabi Diva, which our horse's favourite on the uh, weekend, and went right through undefeated to Japan and mm. came back and was a start in the autumn before he broke down. And I think this horse has the potential to do that. He, he, he's just gaining momentum and growing. And uh, the, all reports from the boys is that he's just getting a little bit better each week. The, the Danny, she'll mention um, recently that the challenges that face Romantic Warrior getting the job done in a Cox Plate, what do you make of him? And do you think Mr. Brightside can challenge him he's the strong favorite romantic warrior many say if he just turns up he'll and at his best you'll be mighty hard to beat your thoughts on that oh he he's a very good horse uh he's not a golden 60 uh but he's a legitimate group one horse uh and you know deserves to be well in the market um i you know i i think most horses that travel internationally uh if the you know for years it's been that feed thing's been a bit blown out of proportion i think yeah um, uh, yeah. Uh, they have to change when they travel that's that's just the way it is so um some horses don't but i would say he's a i've watched him he's a very hardy horse he'll have no trouble adjusting to a slightly different feed you've been back now for a little while in hong kong you've had a couple of seasons how would you rate your season last last season david you started off um, flying, and then it was a slow end to the season. How would you have rated the, your season there in Hong Kong? Um, it was a frustrating year because uh, I had 27 horses at different times leave the stable. So um, if I hadn't have lost those horses, I probably would have been up the top. But uh, the thing about Hong Kong that's much different than it used to be is the way that um, stable transfers work. They tend to, uh, if you draw wide and, and you, a few times, they think they'll change their luck and silly things like that. So that's the key difference between Australia and Hong Kong. Um, the, I enjoyed my stint in the first 10 years I was here more because the stable changes didn't happen like that. Um, so that's been a bit frustrating, but, uh, you know, it it was disadvantaged David Hayes last year. Hopefully I'll get some advantage of some stable changes. So and if that happens, yeah. I'll creep up the list a bit. Did that surprise you, however, with 27 horses leaving your barn? And did you learn anything from that that you could do this year to maybe get more horses back and not lose as many? I'd love to be able to speak Mandarin or Cantonese. Yeah. So that would really help. Where's JD uh, when you but, need him? <laughs> yeah, I think he, he'll find it a little bit easier than it's a be. In my initial stint, it was an English colony, and English was widely spoken. Now it's becoming more and more Chinese. So um, it would be a tip for any young trainer that wants to get up here. 
I would suggest learn the language. Yeah. So how do you think this season will go? Will you um, be able to bounce back in the way that you want to? Are you happy with the team that you've got? Because you start off pretty good. You had a host of runners with a couple of placings there at Chartin on Sunday. Yeah, look, I've I've got um, 50 horses, which is about mid-sized stable, where the bigger stables are at capacity. So it's hard to think you'll compete with them at the end of the season. And I don't like pushing too hard towards the end because the tracks get very worn out and the rain starts. So uh, if I'm not going to win the premiership, I, 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 I taper off and look after the horses so they get the best tracks at the start of the season. Yeah. So... Um... The start of the season, as you, as I said last time around, you're on fire. I think you had double-figure winners um, already in the first month of the Hong Kong season. Um, how do you think you'll go in the next month or so with the team that you got? Uh, I, I, I think I'll get a few winners. Uh, I'm quite happy with the way they're trialling. And normally, if my horses are trialling well, it's a pathway to running well. So they are they are trialling well. Um, so I think they'll start running well. Right, I, I was unlucky not to win a, a race on the weekend and had a couple of very good runs. And then a few horses just didn't handle the wet track. It was so we we had I think um, uh, two a metre and a half of rain in four days. So it was amazing. Uh, it was incredible that they even raced. Yeah, and the, the tracks that the, the drainage on those tracks. I, I know that they've only got the two tracks and they've got a lot of. Um, that they can put a lot of money into the, the, their resources to make sure that they've got drainages that those two tracks like um, it produced there on the weekend. But still, with all of that rain and looking at those pictures, it was amazing they did actually race. Yeah, I, I think one of the races, they ran 18.9 in a Class 5, the first race. <laughs> and then it started to rain. And it, it, up here... If it doesn't rain the morning of the race, it doesn't matter how much rain you have during the week, the track races perfectly. So that is, is, is it's probably the best draining track in the world, uh, both tracks. The disadvantage of having incredible drainage is the track, the weakness is it can get very firm. Yeah. Uh, but it's very, but the surface is very consistent and good for punters to analyse. So, um, but there's a lot of horses that don't really... Uh, they don't fire here because of the firmness of the tracks. Geez, you got some nice chances engaged there tonight. Zach rides all Greg to me in that last race, race eight there on the program. But most of your runners are in the market, David, there at Happy Valley. Have you got any standouts that you think that you'd be confident of going to the races and tasting success? Yeah, look, my best chance is drew a bit awkwardly. So the Valley is a real mm. worn punters pick horses that are in form that draw good barriers at the valley and uh, unfortunately probably my best chance of Zach on all break to me he's drawn a bit wide and the other thing he hates the wet and there's forecast a few drain so if he wins I'll be happy but uh, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if he bombs out because of the barrier and conditions the one I'd like as a horse to follow is probably snow a lot I, I reckon if he doesn't win to Tomorrow will be winning soon. All right then. Um, and then race three. Yeah, race three, snow a lot. And then um, what about any horses to, to follow maybe? Have you got any gallopers that we can keep a close eye on that might be able to feature in some of the bigger races towards the back end of the year? Yeah, uh, I, I, I've got a horse called Lucky Encounter that won a couple and then at the end of the season got ran fifth 
on a wet track. He loves dry ground, but he's a very classy horse. Sold by uh, Price Stop. Yes, lucky and counter. We'll jotted that down into our black book, and we all know the association, the success that you've had with um, Price Bloodstock as well. Hey, David, we could talk to you all day, especially about your boys, and um, it's fascinating to listen to. Um, good luck tonight. Good luck over the season. And, um, yeah, the boys, um, they might have Lindsay Park paid off for you by the time. You already probably paid it off, but they're, they're flying anyway at the moment. They might try and buy it off the old man. <laughs> Thank God it's freehold and they don't buy it because they'll, they'll inherit it if they treat me right. <laughs> Good on you, David. Thanks, mate. Thank you. The champion, trainer, champion guy, David Hayes. It's 10.20. We'll take a break. Tom would be joining us as we continue on Hong Kong Corner straight after this. This is Getty Up, Gareth Hall with you this uh, Wednesday morning. It's 10.25. I'll get those text messages. We're fired up everyone today, especially with Getty Up's debate, but always great to catch up with Tom Wood from the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Tom, welcome back to Giddy Up for another season. We just had David Hayes on to kick off Hong Kong Corner. Geez, it was a really interesting listen. Um, we're having a chat. I don't know if you caught the, the interview, but we're having a chat about his thoughts on how he went last season. And he delivered a couple of really interesting points saying that obviously it's a lot different than it was when he was there for the first 10 years and he was champion trainer a couple of times. But he believes if you don't, have the skill of speaking Mandarin, then it's just massive. It's a massive challenge for for trainers there to to communicate with owners, and for him to to lose twenty seven horses there last season. Um, I don't. When I wouldn't, I thought David King would be well, uh, David King. David David Hayes would have been well established, but even a, a trainer with his resume, um, it doesn't matter what reputation you have. You need to train winners. You do, and uh, I think that's. Uh, I think probably that comes down to as well the the owners here in Hong Kong being uh, are quite um, sort of right with maybe fickle in terms of some of the expectations as well. But um, no, as I said to you on the the show on Saturday morning, that um, David probably would admit that it wasn't as probably easy as it was when he was back here uh, in those uh, sort of early days that he was here, and that probably comes down to the Hong Kong society changing as well of course yeah. uh, back then it would have been still a lot of uh, British but when that, the handover happened in 1997 I think it was and uh, things have things have certainly changed a lot here and now you do need that um, that Mandarin that Mandarin uh, language in your repertoire and I know Jamie Richards when he first got here the, the club had uh, um, put him on to and employed someone to uh, help him uh, learn the local lingo so yeah it is very important now. And it'd be, I think it's odds on that JD, with the record that he's building up with his brothers, that he might be a trainer that we see in Hong Kong because he does, he grew up there in Hong Kong for the initial part of his life and he knows Mandarin and he's a very good trainer. So I would imagine he would be a short price to um, head to Hong Kong at some stage to continue on the Hayes name there in Hong Kong racing. Yeah, the, the roster, the trading roster here in Hong Kong is undergoing a, a re bit of a, a reuni, reuni, sort of a rejuvenation at the moment. So it's um, there's there's certainly in the next few next few years we'll we'll see a, a few more names coming to the roster here. All right, mate. How do we make some money tonight at Happy Valley? Who do you like? Yeah, I like in the third race tonight. Mega Bonus. Um, he's uh, ridden by Andrea Adzini. Now this horse should have won first up at about this time last year, but he was given an absolute uh, stinker of a ride and. Then Zach Purton got on, got on as the next start, second up, and he was able to win. So 
He's got a good first up record without winning. Uh, race three, number five, mega bonus. Ricky Yu trains drawn barrier one. And uh, Andrea Adsini uh, rides uh, there from uh, that draw. So he's the best race uh, three, number five, mega bonus. Uh, I do like in race two, number three, Durham Star for Douglas White and Lyle Hewitson, who is another horse that does have a good fresh record. There's plenty of horses tonight that do have good fresh records. Uh, he trialled well. Uh, recently coming into this, he was pretty good in a, a race that wasn't really run to suit at the back end of the season behind Yearboy last start. So race three, uh, race two, sorry, number three, Durham Star. And another Douglas White runner I think might be some value in race four uh, who can improve is race four, number nine, Shinkansen, a Rubik uh, four-year-old who's had four starts. Can get his head up a little bit, but uh, they put the shadow roll on the tongue tie on. I thought he trolled okay coming into this. And considering his run last start, he actually got home okay, only beaten four lengths behind Riverview's Compassion Spirit was second in that. He has uh, come out and run second again at the weekend. So race four, number nine, Shinkansen. All right, then. Um, that's a big price as well. Getting about $35. Yeah, yeah he is a big price at the moment. Look, horses like Joy Cumming, um, Happy Soul, high percentage are probably the, the ones to beat, but he's definitely an improver with the the gear on. Hopefully he just settles because he does want to get his head up a little bit from time to time. That'll be a TikTok sensation if you can pull that off, Tommy Wood. Um, just had a few text messages come through. Hi, boys. I read that the tab are running with the Whirlpool totes on Everest Day for the New South Wales tab like the tab Vic did for Lightning Stakes earlier this year. What would prevent the tab running Whirlpool as well? I can answer that for you. Hong Kong run the Whirlpool and then they choose... I think they're only allowed to choose a certain amount of meetings per year internationally. Is that right, Tom? That they can co-mingle? Yeah, um, yeah there, there, there yeah. is a certain amount, but I can tell you all through, I think it's uh, next month, October, um, my executive producer, uh, Doug Chalmers, was telling me uh, yesterday, who runs the English telecast here in Hong Kong, that we've got a, an Australian simulcast every Saturday uh, coming out uh, of Australia here in Hong Kong. So uh, every Saturday, uh, whether they're all world pools or not, I'm not sure, but definitely... Uh, definitely the Everest is a world pool. So the, the Jockey Club will obviously has its co-mingling partners. Tab Corp is uh, one of those. Um, the Tab in New Zealand, um, other other agencies around the world. So um, they they will all be in on that world pool day mm. with the Everest. And you see it in the UK with Royal Ascot and some of their better meetings in Europe. They desperately need the world pool. And the revenue that they... they like it's much needed over there because they've got different revenue streams and the whirlpool has done wonders, especially for the clubs with money going back into the industry and more importantly, going back towards the participants who deliver the show. Um, and with the, and the, to be honest, like the, the tote is on the decline and we need to think of new ways, how to increase turnover, especially with the tote and the whirlpool um, has been terrific. And um, yeah, I think that's great yeah, news. It's, that, it's, yeah. It's just a, it's just a no-brainer for Australia to yeah. have one single national tote that anyone, everyone in Australia could get involved on those World Pool meetings like Everest. The, the Everest meeting will probably be one of Australia's biggest betting days by the sound of it. Oh, I think it will. And Cox Plate Day with Romantic Warrior as well. It'll be through the roof, I would imagine. So, um, yeah, exciting times. And I think the Hong Kong Jockey Club, it's... Um, they do a wonderful job in helping other racing jurisdictions as well by this whirlpool and um, hopefully it gets bigger and better and stronger as well because that that is great for racing. It absolutely is and uh, another former Australian certainly well involved in the, the whirlpool and the, the co-mingling with 
uh, sorting those deals out. So you would know him very well, Gareth. Of course, yes. so Sam Natai yes. up here working for the Hong Kong Country Club. Do you know what we're going to do? I don't know if you can help me, Tom. We'll try and get Sam Natai on the show to have a chat about this next week for Hong Kong Corner. I reckon it'll be an interesting chat. It would be. Yep. All right, then. I'll get you on to that. Um, we'll see how we go. Good on you, Tom. Thanks for that, brother. Right up. Cheers, Gareth. Keep dominating. There's Tom Wood from the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Let's take the news. It's 10.32. Trial time coming up shortly with Dean Watling. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.